It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. History is made. Morocco through to the Women's World Cup round of 16, beating Colombia by a goal to nil tonight to secure their passage into the knockout stages. That is because... Germany failed to beat Korea Republic, drawing 1-0 in Brisbane. What another amazing night at this Women's World Cup. Group H finishing then with Colombia on six points. Morocco also on six points. And it's Germany and Korea that are going home. The first time Germany haven't made it through the group stages at a Women's World Cup. Remarkable stuff. Welcome back to the post-match show on Optus Sport. Thanks also to those of you joining us on the Optus Sport football podcast. Now, today was the final day of the group stages as we discovered the final two teams in the round of 16. And as I've just said then, it certainly did not disappoint. Let's take a look at how we got there. Please say Heather Garriok, Ash Sykes and Cote Rojas have joined me or have stayed with me in the studio after another remarkable night of football. Let's recap firstly on the Korea versus Germany game. It finished one all and to be honest, this was not something we were expecting, Cotter. No, we Korea were not. taking the lead. But I, I was expecting Korea to be better than the two other, other games. And the coach made some changes. We were talking about that before. And I'm just looking at them. Uh, good experienced players. Defensively, they were really, really good. They were very disciplined. They blocked Germany. Look at in attacking as well. Uh, they deserved that goal. And I think, you know. This goal came early on, Ash. But they'd been warning signs before. Korea started really well. They did start really well. Casey Fair had a shot that the keeper did a really good save and went just past the post. But it just goes to show what early pressure does to a team. You know, they, they, Germany fell apart and they couldn't stick to their processes and, and try and get back in the game. They finally did with this, um, this goal by Alexandra Pop coming up in the, in the box where she needed to be at the right time. But that was probably their only, you know, real threat attacking-wise. Spot on, Ash. It was very one-dimensional Germany. I think um, they tried to play the wings and, and continued to just pump balls in the, in the box, hoping Pop would come up with, a, with another brilliant header, which she did one time. But again, um, I thought Cho was amazing for Korea. And, and you mentioned young 16-year-old Fair, Fair. I thought she was brilliant as well. But just defensively, they, they held their own. But for Germany... You'd expect a team of this calibre to be able to string a couple of passes together. They know that they're playing against five and six in the box and continually they just pump balls in the box. I, 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 can't, I, I just don't understand that. There needs to be another dimension to a, a ranked second team. Did you ever feel like they were going to find the winner? I mean, they had a goal ruled out for offside as well as that chance for Pop and I think this is another one that goes to the hands. But apart from her, that, there weren't that many attacking um, threats, I thought. They, they were a, really, yeah, limited. I think she had a couple opportunities. Um, again, no, not on... But you can't just rely on one player, right? No. Do you know what they lacked? They lacked combination play. They lacked movement. They, had, they lacked 
you know, third man runs, pulling pulling the defenders out, being able to receive the ball in between lines, turn and be able to hit, hit the diagonals and then come back out and recycle it. They didn't do any of that. That is what a world-class team does. And they just were not good enough. Yeah, so Korea really pleased to get their first point. They hadn't even scored coming into today's game. So a big... A big moment for them as well, and to do it against a top nation. But we're seeing, as well as in these post-match scenes, just what it means to Germany, the realisation they're going home. They're going home. It hits you in the face, doesn't it? Reality. (laughs) Yeah, Korea, fantastic. I mean, they did play like they were nervous in the first couple of games and like they had no energy. And today it was a completely different side so you know I think we we're pretty harsh on Colin Bell in the pre-show. I don't think we were. <laughs> he's, mixed me- he's mixed messages. He's, yeah. Now they'll feel nervous in the first two games that's the first that's come up. Yeah but he's he, they look like it from me but he, he you know got them together for this third game and they really pushed obviously Germany all the way with a draw. Yeah so Germany drawing there they know that if they'd have won It wouldn't have mattered what happened in the other game, but because they couldn't find that winner, it did mean it was over to Morocco and they did the job, beating Colombia by a goal to nil. And this came from a penalty late in the first half. And Cotta, I don't think there can be too many arguments about the decision there. No, that was a penalty. Um, But look, uh, again, it, it was going to be physical for both of them. They both play really, really tough. And look, Morocco again attacking. They they were in the box. They were finding the pocket. They were combining. They were they had chances. So that's what we want to see. Colombia did as well, but no clear chances. She had Lorena had one there, and look, unfortunately they lost. But they are still going to the next round. Yeah, for, for sure. And uh, what, what I think with Morocco, I, I love the way that they attacked. I don't know if we saw the quality of Colombia that we saw against Germany the other night. I don't know if they are tired or they didn't just have that, that killer instinct, but we didn't see too many... This, this obviously this parried by the goalkeeper, which is brilliant, but we didn't see any clear, concise chances of Colombia that were, you know, really pinpoint. But, look, Morocco were great, and they could have scored a couple as well. And what this means to Morocco, there's three African teams now through into the group stages for the very first time. They had to wait, didn't they? Because, of course, they had to wait for full time in the Germany game and the Germany game was just behind. But these scenes say it all. Incredible. It's incredible. Look at them go. They deserve to celebrate, don't they? They've, they've exceeded everyone's expectations. You know, they made it through second in qualifying. You know, they've, you know, they've done their country proud tonight, well and truly. Do you know what I cannot wait? After the first match when Morocco didn't win, their fans were celebrating for two hours after. In Qatar, the Moroccan fans were next level. Can you imagine the fans? Have a look at the joy when they found out. Imagine the fans. Imagine how happy that they're going to be. There's, there's going to hopefully a national public holiday in Morocco, <laughs> possibly. But I had to actually kind of control myself because I was so happy for them. Like, I yeah. get emotional seeing this. I imagine their fans, people from their country, their culture, you know, that brings so much love into this game. Joy, the coach was crying. He was in tears. It was beautiful scenes. What a year for Morocco after what they did in Qatar as well. Yeah. The Men's World Cup. Football really is on the up there, clearly. So confirmation then of Group H, Colombia and Morocco are through to the knockout stages, both with six points apiece. But Germany and Korea Republic are going home. Germany, with that solitary win, a plus five goal difference, is the highest for a team failing to make it to the knockout phase in the competition's history, but they didn't win enough. So, 
This is what it means, Colombia and Morocco fans. This is what awaits you in the round of 16. Colombia versus Jamaica, coverage from 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and then it will be France versus Morocco. Coverage from that one gets underway at 8.30. You can watch both of those games on Optus Sports. Okay, well, we can take a pause. What a night of World Cup action once again. It's time for us, though, to put our panel on the spot once again because it's time for the Hyundai Bold Prediction. So, Ash, the last time I did this with you, you're shaking your head. But actually, the last time we did this, your prediction was that the USA weren't going to win, the Netherlands were, and the Netherlands are going to top the group. So I'd like you to get um, that crystal ball out once again and tell us what's going to happen from those two quarterfinals. How are Morocco and Colombia going to do? Well, I, I think I'm almost going to give up bold, bold predictions aside from that because going out on the high, I, I don't know where to look. Can Morocco upset France? Is that how bold we can go? Heather, do you think that can happen? Absolutely not a chance <laughs> in the world. Today was Morocco's final and they'd be happy with that. The French are too good. At this point, do I point out that before the Korea-Germany <laughs> game, you predicted, what, 3 or 4-0 to Germany? No, 5-0. 5-0, OK, at least you're honest. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe bold predictions aren't Heather's thing at the moment. <laughs> you keep I actually, they could. They could. And I think, you look, I don't want to predict anything yet, but I think Morocco, the way that they play and the confidence now, it's going up and up. How so. do you think Colombia's feeling heading into their game against Jamaica? I think it will be they have plenty, plenty of time to rest. And I think Colombia's going to win that game, yes. It's going to be a tight encounter. Don't you want to take a cotter everywhere with you just to have that positivity? Yeah, she I always know. thinks the best is going to happen. The super optimist over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was right about Korea. Sorry, I said Kotte. to you, right? I said to her, <laughs> right. well, enough of this, enough of this. Let's check out then what this means. For our road to the final, it is getting more complete. The group stages are done. Have they been the best group stages ever? I think they have. This is what it means. These are our rounds of 16 as we get ever closer to finding out who is going to lift the Women's World Cup 2023. What a tournament it has been so far. OK, we're going to take a short break. Tomorrow is a rest day. Don't worry, daily kickoff is back. And then it's the round of 16. This weekend on Optus Sport, the round of 16 begins. Eight games across Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Sudden death football is here. Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Spain plays Switzerland. At 5.30, Japan, who have been scary good in the group stages, take on Norway. Sunday, 11 a.m., for the first time ever, South Africa are in the knockout rounds. They take on an absolutely on-fire Netherlands. And at 6 p.m., the defending champs were rattled against Portugal. Now the USA have a huge battle ahead. They face an informed Sweden. Monday, we cannot wait. 4.30 Eastern, Nigeria play a sensational England. And then it's the big one. 7.30 Eastern, go you good things. The Aussies take on Denmark for a place in the quarterfinals. Jamaica are through and not one team has scored against them. Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, can surprise packet Colombia find a way? And at 8.30 Eastern, the Titans of France face surprise packet Morocco. The round of 16 begins and every match is live on Optus Sport. It is going to be a massive Monday here on Optus Sport. Two powerhouses in world football in action. First up, England versus Nigeria. Coverage from that one gets underway from 4.30pm Eastern. 
Then the Matildas take centre stage, taking on Denmark in Sydney. Coverage gets underway from 7.30. Optus Sport, the only place to watch both of those games in their entirety. We cannot wait. I'm going to be heading to Brisbane to see how the Lionesses get on against Nigeria. So let's start by talking about England Cotter. Have they hit their stride at the right time, given what they did in their final group game? I think, look, England, it's flying at the moment. They're playing really good. Um, they are combining, but they know what they do. They have that, the depth, and we're talking about that because they can sub players, they can create so many chances, and look, I think they're heading in a good, uh, really good uh, moment, momentum. The thing I love about England is their consistency. Since under Serena Wiegman, they have you know barely lost a game, but they've been solid and consistent. Last game was the only time we saw them really pile on the goals, but otherwise I think that serves them really well in tournament football. There's not big ups and downs. The big thing for me is the change in formation. Um, Serena changing the formation, which puts any team on notice because when it comes to a change of formation, they're unpredictable. And for them to be unpredictable and bring in the players that they did bring in, um, I thought was brilliant. Obviously, James stepped up again. She's a superstar. To have a, a player like that that can change a game at any one moment was amazing. But I just love the fact that they could play a three-back. The wingers could go uh, you know, Daly and, and Lucy Bronze, like two, arguably the two best wingers in the, in the world, um, and quick as. So they, they will challenge, but I love the adaptability and flexibility of England at the moment. Yeah, Rachel Daly ep epitomises that, doesn't she? The fact that she was a WSL's top scorer yeah. and centre forward, and she also plays as a wing-back in this England side, or she did the other day at least. Um, as for Nigeria, what type of test will they pose for England? Because as we've seen in this World Cup, rankings mean nothing. They mean nothing. You, on the day, if you turn up and you're not at your best, another team can beat you if they are at their best. And they did that to Australia in the group stage. And I think um, England will need to be careful. They're really good on the counter-attack, aren't they? Yes, yeah, certainly are. But I, look, I think Millie Bright stood up in, in the last game. She's a great, great player, great leader. Um, what Nigeria do really, really well is they um, play the transition game. But for England, I think if they possess the ball, and frustrate Nigeria and know that there's a rest defence to be able to protect that and sit with two holding, midf uh, two holding midfielders. I think there's protection there, but they scared Australia. But I, th I think England are just too good from a possession point of view and the way they played to be able to change a point of attack. And they are, and again, they're very unpredictable. I went to the game, uh, England uh, versus China, mm -hmm. and the way that they are playing, and I repeat that because Nigeria, they have a speed, right? They also quick, England has daily on their wing, drops all the way back. And again, what I come with this is they have so many different styles of playing and every play get involved. It's a team that you want to be part of it because you get in the box, you know you're going to score because you are going to receive the ball from either the right or the left. The amount of chances they create is amazing. It's, amaz it's amazing to watch and it's amazing also this, 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 how strong is the team? It's perhaps more impressive as well that they've had to change this structure and this formation midway through a tournament to react to yet another injury. So really looking forward to that one. We'll be uh, in Brisbane for that one. England versus Nigeria. And really, for you guys watching at home, that's only the warm-up, isn't it? The warm-up for the big one, Australia versus Denmark. Heather, you've got a big smile on your face. I know you'll be there. And, of course, it's been a brilliant week for the Matildas after the frustration of the Nigeria game to then go and do what they did against Canada. It kind of feels like all of that negativity that was maybe seeping through has been forgotten. This is where you can kick on. There is zero negativity. There's all belief in Australia at the moment. Um, all eyes are on, on Australia. The way they performed, a credit to each and every player and each and every support staff member 
for Australia to be able to put this together, pull this together, the amount of pressure they had from the media, Sam Kerr, Tony Gustafsson, to be able to put a performance in like that, this is the Aussie spirit. And I, I cannot say how excited I am for the game on, on Monday night. I really think they're going to put in a good shift. And I think we're in a really good position. And for the big teams that have gone out, my fingers are crossed because I think we've got a great run. I think uh, we have to be careful though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just bring it back down, bring, bring it back, back down. down. Bring it down a little. <laughs> well, we have to be careful because Denmark have proven to be difficult to beat. England only got them 1-0 as well. Um, but, I mean, Australia, we've got the skills to beat them. Do you think Denmark have a similar style of play to Canada and therefore will have success against them? Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. They, they do. They've got, obviously... Um, Peniel Harder, uh, who's who's a weapon for Denmark, and and she can score goals. Look, I just think we're too quick. We've got too many too many quality players that can, um, at any one time, their individual brilliance can really step up. And I do want to mention, and I, we haven't mentioned her, but Sam Kerr got a boots on today and she's got a ball of defeat, so we might see some time from Semi, um, which is great. That's a positive, and that'll lift the team. So look, I I, I think Denmark would. We'll win. But isn't it nice, hasn't it been nice for you guys, particularly as Australians, to have been talking about a win and to be able to talk about all of the other players that have done it? They all stepped up when Sam Kerr hasn't been available. They've done it and it's been really nice for them to get the focus this week. It's been fantastic and I think there's players that have been working behind the scenes of Sam's success in the team over however many years that don't get the recognition that Sam does. You know, for example, Steph Catley has been absolutely phenomenal this tournament and Caitlin Ford and her down that left wing last game were, were outstanding. So, you know, I can't wait to see those sort of combinations come to play again on Monday night. OK, well, let's hear from one of the Matildas now who also put in a big performance against Canada. Here's Mackenzie Arnold. She's been speaking to Optus Sport about the team's mindset and how they went into the Canada game and put in such a strong performance. Ball over the top of Kennedy who needs to be careful here. Oh, in a mess, a swallow! Scores brilliantly! The huge upset is on here! I think after the Nigeria game, personally, I wasn't um, too happy with my game and it was really important to me to just sort of put that that game behind me and um, put a good performance under my belt against Canada um, and I think as a whole, the whole team, the backline, uh, myself, I think we played really well against Canada and keeping that clean sheet gives us all the confidence that we need to go into Denmark. Our group stages were a bit of a roller coaster. I think uh, against Ireland we defended really well. Um, we didn't create too many chances but we defended really well and then the Nigeria game, um, you know, we had some individual mistakes and created a lot of chances but didn't really finish them off and then you go into Canada and I feel like our performances just came together. Um, I think we defended really well, we finished our chances and I think it was sort of a, a performance that we were waiting to, to see and to happen. Um, so I think coming together in that game um, gave us all the confidence that we need to go into Denmark pretty much watched every every game that's happened so far and we obviously played Denmark not too long ago and so we're quite familiar with them. Um, a lot of the girls play with them in, in clubs as well. They're, they're quite a possession based team, they want to play football um, and we know that and they want to play out from the back so um, you know they've got Peniel Harder in there as well who's obviously a world class finisher and there's nothing that we're unfamiliar with so we have our game plan and um, hopefully we can take it to them. Mackenzie Arnold there speaking exclusively to Optus Sport. And, of course, Optus Sport have had Mark Schwarzer in the Matildas camp throughout the tournament. And, Mark, you've been back in there today. I'm wondering what the mood's like building up to this huge game on Monday. 
Yes, there was a really relaxed atmosphere around the Matildas training camp today. Of course, it's what you expect. They're through to the knockout stages. They finished top of the group. It was a brilliant performance against the reigning Olympic champions. Uh, training was very relaxed. Uh, the music was blaring. Uh, the players were really getting into a mood and really relaxed, of course. And I think there was an enormous amount of sort of pressure that had been lifted off their shoulders. We also get a chance to sit down and speak to Mackenzie Arnold and go through what it was like, uh, especially after the uh, Nigeria game, how they assess um, a performance like that. And of course, for Mackenzie, talking about the third goal and, and uh, you know how she needs to, to work on things moving forward. And Clay Polkinghorn also sat down and spoke to Amy Chapman and she let us in on her thoughts on Claire Hunt's performance thus far in the tournament. So it's a must-watch. If you get a chance, watch it on the Sport, uh, Optusport app, of course, uh, as the full interviews will be on that. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We can't wait. So confirmation then, these are Saturday's matches. Gets underway with Switzerland versus Spain from 2 p.m. Eastern. And then it will be Japan versus Norway from 5.30 p.m. Eastern. A quick word on what you guys think is going to happen in both of those games. Ash, we'll start with Switzerland-Spain. I think we're going to see Spain try and bounce back, but they are going to have some trouble breaking down this Switzerland defence. It'll be interesting sort of arm wrestle with that one, but I think maybe Spain come out with the goods. Look, I think uh, Japan looks amazing. Um, no one's spoken about them, really. They've just gone about their business. Three wins out of three wins. They've scored nine goals. They've conceded zero. My money's on Japan. Let's, let's talk... Oh, you, you're going to go say Spain against... Yeah, Spain and well, then yeah. Japan. Yeah. OK, I'll tell you what, let's analyse the Japan-Norway game in a little bit more detail then, because Japan stunned us, didn't they, the other day on the final, on the final round of group games. Uh, taking on Norway, how do you see that one going? Look, I think Norway are in tatters. They, they started the competition off not very well. Um, I don't think there's very good structure. There's discontent within the, within the team. Graham Hansen's come out mid-World mid, uh, Cup. And, and, and said, you know, we're, we're not happy, but then apologised to the coach. So, look, I think um, Japan are so professional. They, you know, the Norwegians play um, more of a, a defensive, I guess, hold the ball. They don't, they don't possess the ball as much as and won't possess the ball. They'll be defensively structured. Um, but in saying that, I just think Japan's just going to be too good. I do have to say, though, when you go to the next stage, it's a whole different tournament. Yeah. So Japan's been doing really good. They've been scoring goals, they've been disciplined, they've been connecting, attacking. Look at how many goals 11 already. goals scored, 11 in total. conceded. So and it wasn't an easy group in terms of particularly facing Spain in that last game. Exactly, and, and that's what I mean by that, you know. Um, they're doing great, but this is a new whole tournament. Yeah, and Japan, we, we normally see them play beautiful football. We normally see them build up. We normally see them be defensively sound. But to score 11 goals... That's unheard of for Japan. It's impressive, isn't it? Is that something they've added to their game, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. But, but you know what? Um, let's talk about their federation. They've had a 30-year football plan and they've stuck to that 30-year football plan. Obviously, they won the, the World Cup in 2015. That was part of that. Their investment in coaching is incredible. Um, got some Aussies over there that are currently doing the technical development. 
they've got they, they do do things on purpose and they went through a real struggle last women's world cup they were they were they were not good last women's world cup but here they are now they are quality and also the style of football they stick to it they everyone knows what to do the job that they have to do they play a possessional game but at the same time they if you want move to one position the other one feel that so i think they very good at the to keep their style OK, on to Sunday then, and there's two huge matches on Optus Sport once again. It gets underway with Netherlands versus South Africa. The coverage from that one is a little bit earlier. That starts from 11 a.m. Eastern, and then it'll be Sweden versus the USA from 6 p.m. Eastern. A reminder, Optus Sport, the only place to see both of those games on every single day. Let's now cross to Adriano Del Monte and Mel Barbieri because they've got a preview for us of the Netherlands versus South Africa. Round of 16, Netherlands up against South Africa. A very intriguing round of 16 clash, Bubs. Not too many predicted South Africa to be in this position, but they are. But they do come up against the formidable Dutch who have been in great form. Yeah, the Dutch have been excellent, very clinical in front of goal, but South Africa took their chances. So it might be one for the ages, we don't know, but I think Netherlands might have this one. Netherlands have proven they're capable of scoring many goals, of course, topping a group with the United States of America. South Africa dramatically booking their place in the round of 16 with a very late winner against Italy. What is your prediction for this match? Um, I think this one being run out by Netherlands quite comfortably, but I think South Africa will definitely give them a run for their money and it will be in the latter stages of the game that Netherlands make it through. Looking forward to this one. There have been plenty of shocks so far. Can there be another? This one kicking off at 12pm in Sydney, live on Optus Sport. Yeah, thanks to Adriano and Mel there. The South Africa story has been remarkable. The African teams have been one of the stories of the World Cup so far, but the Netherlands... Have you been quite impressed about how they've quietly gone about their business to this point? Yeah, and they always do. They, they play exactly the same as how we, we, we usually see them play in a 4-3-3 three, three, three style. They, they love to possess the ball. They play the style of they've got quality players. It's Yeah, I, I think they've wanted to fly under the radar because last Women's World Cup they failed and they, they just want to go about their own business. I've got my Dutch orange on today yeah. <laughs> in preparation for it. But I, th I think what I love from their last group stage game was the determination they approached it with. After every goal, they ran and picked the ball up out of the back of the net and ran back to halfway. They were so keen to top this group and they've done that and they're looking very determined heading into this uh, round of 16 game. Let's have a word then on Sweden versus the USA because I think, I'm not, I'm not biased, but this is probably my pick of the round of 16, <laughs> other than England, the Matildas, of course. Just because this is so intriguing. USA, we've seen chinks in their armour so far, just about got through, a goalpost away from going home. And then Sweden, who've been one of the standout teams so far. And they could have lost US against Portugal. Uh, I think, you know, Sweden is, um, is really doing here. We saw the set pieces, they're attacking, but I think they are going to take US. US is not the same team than they were in 2019, strong. They were not that um, united playing, connecting on top. They very, they have individual, play, individual players. But again, I think Sweden is just not getting the confidence. But Kia, uh, you know, winning the, the game against Italy. Is it a good time to play the USA? It's a perfect time to play the USA. But you know what? Do not underestimate <laughs> the USA. Whilst no. they played the way they have played, Hopefully, um, some leadership within the camp um, after scrutiny about their, their behaviour and how, how they've approached it and how they're coming in arrogant and, um, you know, not wearing the USA jersey with respect. 
I think I think it's going to be a hard game. I think uh, Sweden's going to win. They've played a solid game of football and a, a solid style. Let's take a look then at the road to the final and how it is shaping up in more serious matters. So the group stages are complete. This is where we get down to the business end of the competition. We have previewed all of the round of 16 ties. I gave away which ones I'm maybe looking forward to the most. Heather, what catches your eye? Look, I think it's it's going to be intriguing, obviously, Australia-Denmark, but on the other side is Sweden-USA. It, ha it has to be Sweden-USA um, because either one of them to go home at this particular stage is going to be a huge upset. Yeah, we're going to lose one big nation regardless there. What about you guys? Which ones are you looking forward to? I want to see Australia hit their straps again and England. I've been enjoying watching them play. Australia and England are the cop-out answers. <laughs> God, so what about you? I think Sweden and US. Waiting for you didn't game. say Colombia? Yeah, because Colombia... We win. <laughs> no, I think I, I've been enjoying it, but a game that I really want to look forward is that one because, uh, again, it would be shocking if you one of those go home. And also, isn't it just brilliant to look at that map and to see not the teams that have gone home, but some of the teams that have progressed it through. We've gone to 32 teams in this year's World Cup. We've seen debut nations making it through beyond the groups for the first time. It's just been remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing. Just the diversity in the, in the round of 16 is amazing and it just shows um, the quality that's on the world stage and different nations that are, that are proving that women's football is on the forefront and on the up. And the crowds here in Australia and New Zealand have proven that there is an appetite for it as well. That's all we've got time for on the post-match wrap show tonight on another huge day at the Women's World Cup. No football tomorrow, but don't worry. Daily kickoff will be on from 8am. And then on Saturday, we go again. Let's hope the round of 16 does not disappoint. Thank you for watching on Optus Sport. We'll see you again in a couple of days. Bye-bye.